Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Writing in the Star recently, former newspaper editor turned media consultant Kevin Ritchie shared some of the lessons he learned while climbing in the Drakensberg and preparing for his upcoming climb of Kilimanjaro. One of those he described, and I use his own words here, that one pair of shorts when you've just lost your footing in an ice-cold stream is one pair too few, especially when they dry with a wonderful tea stain across your backside, end quote. No doubt what keeps him coming back for more is that not only is he learning life lessons, he's also doing it for a good cause. He joins me now to tell me more. Kevin, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Sharice, thank you so very much. It's lovely to be back here. Kevin, I have to tell you that you got a really wonderful shout out from Gabriel earlier in my show, Gabriel from Africa Awake, who said that the star was at the forefront during the xenophobic violence in 2018. 2008 in well, terms of promoting the work. And I think that, and that's uh, wonderful to hear from him. And of course, it had nothing to do with me. It was a, a wonderful <laughs> editor at the time called Muxin Williams, um, who, who really, really uh, pushed this message through. And it was something that we all believed on in the newspaper because xenophobia is a most disgusting and horrible uh, form of racism. And we need to actually get that message across that any racism in this country, irrespective of who it's committed by, against anyone else, must be outlawed. And as as newspapers, as the media, I think you have such an important role to play in terms of bringing messages alive. And while we're on the topic of getting messages out there, you are doing, you are using your media, and you write so beautifully, Kevin. I really enjoy Thank your you article. Thank you very much. Um, you are doing something for two good causes. Well, you know, I think that, that this was something before I left uh, Independent at the end of February. It's something I got involved in. It's actually, um, it was very much a star initiative um, uh, with um, Barbara Magorian, a former colleague of mine, and who got Lynette Saltzman of Diskem involved. And this, of course, was the, the, the start of Million Comforts. It's a phenomenal uh, uh, initiative that Diskem does every year encouraging the, the collection of at least a million uh, sanitary pads. And, of course, they do so much more than that every single year. But this, of course, I'm getting ahead of myself because it's inspired by an incredible human being called Richard Mabasso, who is a social entrepreneur, whose great friend is Subasiso Vellani, who you'll know um, as the first ever black African to summit Mount Everest and who's just coming back from Everest as we speak. Um, he was about to do his third attempt, but this time without oxygen. Mm. And, of course, conditions were against him. Um, anyway, in 2011, Richard um, was at home in Pumalanga, and his niece um, was speaking to his mother. And as he walked into the room, um, his mother shushed his niece. And he realized afterwards about the taboo of menstruation and the role of men in it and one thing came to another, and he thought, what can I do to change this narrative? What can I do to, to make a difference? And he said, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro. And, of course, um, uh, Supususo Villani, um, a great friend of his, they'd worked together in KZN and in Pumalanga, and it was already uh, forging ahead as a mountaineer. They, they, they climbed Kilimanjaro together. So every year on, on Nelson Mandela's birthday, and, of course, there's the centenary this year, there's a group of people who go up and they climb um, it's very symbolic. They climb a mountain to reflect the mountain that girls, all girls, but mostly girls in poverty, um, have to climb every single month. You know, it's estimated that girls between 
12 and 18 in poverty-stricken households, many of which are child-headed households, can miss up to a fifth of their high school education because of the, the taboos associated with menstruation and, of course, the embarrassment of not having the necessary um, facilities to, to, to cope with this. So um, Richard started the Mbumba Foundation, which has two legs. One is Caring for Girls, which um, thus far has um, helped 360,000 girls in 450 schools across the country. And they're ongoing. They're doing these um, – the, the, that they've, I've gone with them a couple of times with the um, – when they go and they, 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 they dish out these, these, these sanitary pads. And, of course, it's a very important thing that they do. Number one, because this is an impoverished community or the, they're operating in impoverished communities, it's very important that the girls don't get an entire year's supply all at once because that could often be, be traded or used for uh, other things because, and then monetized yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because, because of, of the, of the incredible needs. Poverty, yeah. so, so what the first thing is that these are given out – in tranches, uh, either by term or by 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 quarter, depending on what, what suits. But there's also a, an education um, aspect to this, in which they take the boy the, the boy uh, pupils, and they teach them about this and teach them about how to look after their sisters, um, and to understand that this is a biological function. It's not something that should be become an, an object of derision or. Or, or, or of shame. Um, so this is the most incredible um, uh, initiative that I've been very privileged to be part of. The star has been part of. They've sent climbers, I think, two years in a row now. I'm the third, and I hope, and I really, I really well, do hope that I get to the top of of Uhuru Peak. Well, Kevin, what what I liked about, and I hope you don't mind when I introduce you right at the beginning of the show, I refer to you as a middle aged person climbing absolutely Kilimanjaro, and I think that's kind of what appeals to people who read your column because I think a lot of people can relate with the fact that you know. Watching TV and watching sport and watching other people exert themselves while you're happily eating a packet of crisps and drinking a Coke is is fantastic. But to get from a Coke-drinking, TV-watching person to actually climbing Kilimanjaro must seem like a formidable challenge. I think that, you know, you're right, and, and this is the beauty of what the Mbumba Foundation has done. So it's caring for girls and this trek for Mandela, the, the two the two legs. So what trek for Mandela does is it takes people who have not climbed before and it makes it accessible to them. And, you know, accessibility around mountains is not something that is, is solely the preserve of African people. Um, I'm a white privileged South African <laughs> and I don't climb mountains, uh, except I do now. And one of the greatest thrills... You know, as we work, work towards Kilimanjaro, for me, has been to, to get to experience some of the incredible hikes that are here in Johannesburg and in Gauteng. And, of course, the privilege of going down to the Drakensberg and the unspeakable beauty of the Drakensberg, which is open to all of us. And it is so simple to walk. If you can walk, you can hike. Um, Sibusus Valani is probably one of the humblest people I've ever met. And, you know, he's gone up Everest twice. He's about to lead an all-African party to summit Everest in 2020. That's his dream. Um, and he's, he will say to you, he doesn't, he doesn't climb mountains. He walks up them. I think he's been very modest. But the truth of the matter is that if you've got a start pair of shoes um, and you can put a backpack on, on your back just to carry water so you don't dehydrate, you can, you can do these hikes. And I would urge anyone and everyone to get – 
Forget going down to the Drakensberg, just walking down to Emerentia and around Emerentia, Delta Park. Um, uh, there's a phenomenal uh, hike. I'm just, it's just gone straight at the top of my head now. Um, at the bottom of, in the south of Joburg. Um, and then tomorrow we're going to... Um, you mentioned Sacobosland. Sacobosland. Thank oh. you so much for that, because that was another word that was right made. And that's, that, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's these are environments that are literally on our doorstep. And I would encourage people that they're perfectly safe. You walk at your own pace. There's no race. When you, when you climb or hike, you don't, you're racing against yourself. You're not racing against anybody else. And the big issue about Kilimanjaro, as we are learning, is that it's not the speed it's about the journey. It's about taking your time because of the altitude sickness. So you've got to just take take your time and, and just get to the top. Kevin, we're going to take a break now. And after the break, we're going to look at some of the kind of both emotional and physical um, changes that you have to make in order to undertake such a journey. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Kevin Ritchie, who is a former newspaper editor turned media consultant, and he will be climbing the highest mountain in Africa coming up soon. And he's doing it for two good causes, Trek for Mandela and Caring for Girls. Kevin, you spoke about walking up a mountain or just walking. But um, I know that the occasional hikes I've been on, after two, three hours, I am out of breath. I am absolutely exhausted. I feel probably rejuvenated but ready to go home and relax. You don't have that option. This is a constant – you need to constantly prepare yourself emotionally and physically. Look, I think when you've made a commitment to do this, then you have to do it. Remember, we've been doing this for six months now. And every alternate month, we go to Sekobosrant at Heidelberg. And that's um, probably about a 16, 17-kilometer hike with some nice elevation of about four, 500 meters. I, just, I want to uh, ask you about Sekobosrant because often we want to go there and there was a time that it wasn't open and there was no water. And I just want to know what it's like at the moment. It's fantastic. Is it? But remember, once again, when you go hiking, you walk in with everything that you need you're carrying on your back. So... The first thing you're going to carry is water, and then you'll. In, in my case, I'm not exactly the healthiest person, so I'll probably have a couple of bar ones and a couple of cokes in my backpack. Um, then you'll have something warm, and it, especially now because the weather can change. And and what what when you walk, you have to layer, because as you walk, you get hotter and you take the clothes off. But as you stop and you eat, then you get cold and you put the clothes back on. Uh, you walk with poles. Um, so we would do that on the first month on the set. So tomorrow we'll go to Sekobosrant, the whole bunch of us who are on trek for Mandela this year, and we will. It's a mandatory. It's a mandatory um, hike, and we will be evaluated on that. Um, and then on Sunday to get rid of the lactic acid buildup, then there's the horror upon horrors. We go to the Westcliff stairs, <laughs> and I think the mandatory thing will be ten laps of that. That's about two hundred, two hundred and fifty steps. Um, it's a little bit like the M1 uh, sometimes on a Sunday because everybody's training. There's a whole whole different bunch of people. Um, some are training for, for marathons, so they run up and they'll make you want to throw up in your mouth. <laughs> there are people who are old and fat and, and middle-aged like me who, who, are, who are trudging up with backpacks. And there's people with dogs and there's kids and all that. But you do that so that you can kind of build that muscle memory in your legs. And then when you get to the Drakensberg, that's when you're starting to get to a little, a little bit of altitude – but also you're trying to push maybe when we next go, it'll be our third and final time. We are going to try and summit our first ever summit, which is uh, Sturkhorn, 
Um, so for those of the listeners who know that, it's in the Champagne Valley. Most magnificent uh, peak to the right-hand side of um, uh, Cathkin Peak, uh, Monk's Cull. So, yeah, and, and when we get to the, the Kilimanjaro, we're told that it's – the key thing there is it's going to be five days of walking. And it's to do it slowly, to do it gradually, but to understand that every single day you have to get up, blisters or not – and you have to do it. And the thing is, when you look at Kilimanjaro, the, when you look at the demographics of those who make it, it's more it's more the middle aged and the and the and the really? unfit that actually do it. Probably because we're we're maybe a little bit lazier than the rest, and, and we're you, not as impatient. Uh, and, uh, yeah, maybe you just got the grit and determination that. It's well, let's hope so. But I think I think it's actually about the danger. I think is for people that are particularly fit. Um, and who are impatient and want to do and, it. and you do it too fast. And if you don't acclimatize properly, you're going to pick up altitude sickness and problems like that. But we are very, very well trained. Um, and also, I think that the journey, it's more than just the climb. It's actually about the journey. It's about finding out because you do. You spend a lot of time just thinking about yourself when you're on the mountains. And we have these magnificent walks in this country. And um, we think, too, about how lucky we are to be able to do this. And if I can encourage others to do it, then I will. It must be um, so rewarding at so many different levels. And I'm sure there's a lot of camaraderie that is developed among you. I'm sure friendships that are made now are lifelong friendships because you're all going on a, you know, a well, journey it's an adventure. together. It's an, it's an adventure. And I think it does. It's, it's one of those amazing things that you bring together a whole bunch of people for a particular reason who might not necessarily have – found those or forged those kind of relationships. You have nothing in common. Nothing originally. in common. All <laughs> of a sudden now you have this in common and it it does. I think it creates a very, very special relationship and because of that, let's hope it endures um, much longer. Well, I've enjoyed reading your articles on it. I look forward to reading more because I think I feel your pain when I read your articles, but I have a little giggle at the same time so you can bring humor to it and also, as you say, life lessons learned. Um, Kevin, if anybody would like to sponsor or get involved or make a contribution, what is the best way? I think if, they would, if they're interested in, in, in finding out more, just Google Trek for Mandela, Trek Figure for Mandela, um, and it will take you straight to the website. And there are people there who are very, very keen to hear from you to make whatever contributions you can make, whether or not it is towards alleviating the issue of sanitary pads for, for, for young girls in school, or whether it is for people who would actually like maybe to, to, to summit Killy, because this is a very non-threatening, easy way into something as bucket list-ish as, as, as climbing Kilimanjaro. You know, for, for the rest of us, it would always have been very foreign for me uh, to get involved with a climbing club or whatever. Here's a whole bunch of people that when we first went walking, we had these Mr. Price tackies. <laughs> And now all of a sudden we've got full-on hiking boots, you know, and that's that's the kind of trajectory that we've we've followed. Well, Kevin, I have to leave it there, but thank you so much for coming in. Um, and maybe once you've been back from Kili, you'll come back and tell us uh, how. I look. What it was for, like. I look forward to that opportunity. Thank you.